Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, which shares stories of spiritual awakening, spiritual communication, healing energies, and miracles in the search of our intuitive soul wisdom and sense of eternal knowingness. I am delighted today to welcome Rana Zia, author of Your Hidden Light, as she combines her career in executive-level leadership roles and her passion an intense desire to discover her own purpose and potential for self-actualization. Hello, Rana, and thank you for joining us today on Healing from Within. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Rana, it's a wonderful life when we let all the pieces come together and we are no longer at conflict with the different aspects of ourselves. Rana, as listeners of this show are well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories of awakening and insights into the unseen world of energy and universal principles in order to know that we are indeed more than we appear to be and are not limited by any circumstance of this physical world if only we can allow faith, trust, and love to inhabit our thoughts, actions, and dreams and then we do achieve self-improvement. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Rana Zia will share some of her own thoughts and those of wisdom and truth from such wonderful leaders as Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra to Aristotle and Gandhi, from the Talmud to the Bible, and from the Buddha to Jesus, who all showed us the relationship between the world inside you and the world around you. We will discover that it is only by aligning your thoughts and emotions and beliefs to the truth of eternal life that you can create anything you truly desire. Rana, I always love to ask my guests, this is a fun question, to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them an interest or goal that would be meaningful to them later on in life and perhaps affect their uh, their work and their interests. So think back for a minute. Yeah, no, that that's an interesting question. Um, the first thing that just popped to my mind, and I don't even remember how old I was, but, you know, I, I almost feel like I was a very young age and, and I always, um, you know, believed coming into this world that, we were all equal, right? All our religions all said the same thing. Um, and it always sort of confused me as to why, you know, why we were so divided. And it's interesting because I think at that point I found a book, and honestly I'm still to this day searching for this book, where uh, the author had the same premise. And went through each of the major religions, both Eastern and Western, and showed the connection between all of them. And at that moment, as a young child, feeling like, this is exactly how I feel. And I'll never forget that. And it's interesting because, you know, my career took me in a completely different direction. I went into finance, Mm -hmm. um, corporate finance, um, and spent my entire career climbing the corporate ladder, you know, reaching a position of 
chief financial officer. And it wasn't until recently, in the last um, couple of years, that I went back to that moment as a child and where I have this passion around, um, you know, this idea that we are all one. Well, um, and yeah, being able uh, to express that now. <laughs> I had the same type of beginning. And uh, even when I started to uh, realize uh, that there was more to life and death than I had been taught or allowed to believe in my family training, uh, I, I didn't believe, you know, wasn't taught to believe in an afterlife. And we didn't talk much about soul and energy and spirit, but I always had a feeling that I was much more. I felt like I was running and dancing on light and energy, and there was a joy to just being alive. And uh, this was my soul expressing itself from early childhood. And I studied religion in, in college and philosophy, looking for much the same thing that you knew as a child that we are all one interconnected and we do exist in many realms and dimensions of life and uh, if we allow ourselves to go past the belief systems and the separation we can be free of fear and anxiety that so limit us in this physical world and uh, uh, that's a great thing to discover at any time in life but some of us are born with an awareness it just takes a while to put the pieces together and know yeah. that, that what we think we're searching for is already there <laughs> you know we, yeah we yeah. search for it in marriages and careers and families and children and work and but it's everything we are is already within us from the time we're born so let's go on to you say that conscious creation is a discipline and a daily practice. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, we talked about how, you know, many of us maybe from a young age had a certain knowing, but, you know, it takes some time based on how, you know, people and myself have been conditioned in this reality to really find out who we truly are and truly what our power um power is. So when I actually started to awaken up to it more consciously, and I would say it started only six years ago for myself, um, that I became really aware that, wow, I really do create my reality, right? My, uh, my, uh, my, my power is within myself. I'm connected to a greater energy and I'm able to create my life, consciously create my life by aligning my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And when I became aware of this and I started to experience it, right, it, it really is about experiencing it for yourself. Yes. And I began to really clearly experience that I actually have the power and we all have the power to do this. Then I wanted to do it more often. And I became really aware, you know, personally aware that I wasn't conditioned to normally act like this and be this way in my daily life. So I had to make it a practice. I had to uh, establish, say, a practice of meditation every single day um, because it was a way for me to become much more aware of my thoughts. My the feelings. end of the energy and the feelings in your body and allow uh, intuitive wisdom to come in during that meditative process. 
Yeah, because uh, it's a muscle. Thought control is a critical muscle that we need to build to create these positive desires. I became aware yeah. through synchronicity and coincidences and, and events happening and people coming in because I started to ask questions. For me, it started about 25 years ago. There was a period in my life where I just pushed it all aside because it seemed like, you know, flower children were talking about love and connection and, you know, <laughs> and I thought of myself also as a businesswoman like you and uh, uh, did everything in a very methodical way, practical way and physical way. So it took some events, mystical events to happen to allow me to remember what I knew as a child and to discover again what I was born to do, to be in this right. energy, be aligned to this energy, be peaceful and loving in this energy so that we could share it with others the way we d we're doing in our books and in, in communicating like you and I are doing right now and sending out this vibration so other people can experience for themselves how their thoughts are really creating their reality and it is coming from the inside out from within us so if we have yeah. fear within us then we're drawing fear to us if we have love within us then we're drawing wonderful loving reactions to come to us it is uh you know the law of attraction and mind over matter you know thought is creating the reality so let's go on to what is your hidden light that you talk about in the book meant to be for readers and how did your earlier background help you to recognize the truth of this inner soul knowing beyond any of the belief systems you were perhaps taught as a child yeah yeah absolutely so your hidden light is um, a go-to handbook for how you can create the life you truly desire in your heart and the purpose is to awaken to your spiritual nature and the powers you already possess within. So what the book actually does, it will, you know, it will, it will tell you those powers that you have and help you access those powers. Um, and what the book actually does is it incorporates and, and synthesizes ancient spiritual wisdom into practical ap application today. So, you know, my upbringing, um, you know, I grew up with, in an Indian family. Um, we were Muslim. Um, and so I did grow up with a certain belief system. Um, I always considered myself spiritual um, versus religious. And the more I sort of delved into other religions like yourself, you know, I found, like most people do, there is a common spiritual aspect of all religions. Yes. Um, and so within your hidden light, right, there's a – I have a lot of quotes from, you know, from – different spiritual teachers, philosophers, um, and the point of that is really to to show people that this embraces everyone. This embraces everyone. Um, and the book, really, if you talk about my background, just even my my, uh, my work background, I think being in finance all my career, in my career and being in analytics all my career, right, the way my mind works is when I was exploring for myself, like, how does this world work? How am I able to create wonderful things? Or why can't I create things? Um, I just wanted to know the answer. And that's how I was at work, right? I, I just want to know, directly tell me what I need to know. Um, and so the book is really, really written. It's not that long. It's only 150 pages to be, to give you the information or to even remind myself 
of what I need to know and what I need to practice and what do I need to be aware of on a daily basis so I can consciously create positive things in my life more often, right? So um, so that's what your hidden light is really meant to do is to show you what I believe is the most effective and efficient way to creating positive things in your life more often than you do today. Yeah, and also you mentioned when uh, you change your internal compass, you minimize suffering, and that's when you can create something new. And that comes from within us. That comes from an awareness of who we are, where we come from, perhaps where we're going after uh, this physical life is over, and that life is not random. Uh, so these are all thoughts that come beyond any religion, as you say. And, you know, since I've been involved in this work for the last 25 years, I've had this feeling that somehow spirit wants us to come together in one religion, instead of being separate, to have one way of expressing the joy of our soul and the love of our uh, creative life force, which we all share within us. So uh, you, you, you are on the same wavelength thinking that. And you wrote, however many people think of materiality and spirituality as separate, distinct things. However, spirituality is in fact the creating principle of anything physical. Spirituality, as I refer to it, is not meant to be religious in context, but a belief in what is beyond the observable and beyond physical reality. It is the belief in the ultimate creative force of the universe. Within the spiritual realm, there are energies and powers that exist, which are beyond what we see in the physical world. You have access to powers beyond the physical realm, and these powers lie within you because you are a spiritual being. Now, in the last 25 years, as I've developed and become a Reiki intuitive healer and medium and connect and download information that I could not receive from anything else but a higher intelligent life force, and beings of spirit. What it was proven to me, you you said at the beginning, we have to have the experience. And until we have the experience, we only think we know. But once we have the experience, mm -hmm. we truly know. And through meditation and prayer, whatever way a person chooses to open up these channels to connect to their inner energy or soul being, uh, brings us to know. And you gave two quotes in the book that I like. You said, we do not see things as they are. We see them as we are. And this is from the Talmud. And another quote is, what you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you imagine you create. And these quotes seem so simple. Uh, but for many are hard to appreciate uh, and implement into their daily life so they can make living and loving easier. So tell us how to begin to make work and home life more productive and really simply more fun. Yeah, yeah. Simply <laughs> more, more fun. fun. Just more fun, right? And I have to emphasize, um, like you said again, ex experiencing your own power, right, your own empowerment is so, so important um, than just 
say reading a book or, or, or reading a text because I was one of those people who would probably read one of those quotes uh, that you mentioned from my book six or seven years ago and they would go over my head and, it, right. and I would think, okay, this has nothing to do with my practical life. You know, my practical physical world. Mm-hmm. I was someone who was very, you know, career driven, uh, wanting to figure out, okay, how do I, you know, maximize my life, right? My career, my home life, everything. And on my journey to figure out what is the key to manifestation? How does one manifest, right? And along this journey, you know, I got different uh, pieces of information that completely re- resonated with me that were profound that I was testing out, that I was testing out myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I list that as the four-step process to conscious creation. But I couldn't stop there. I needed to understand, like I knew it worked, right? I would do it and mm-hmm. I would be able to create something in my life. But I, I wanted to know why. I really wanted to know why did this work. And that's what really led me um, more into spirituality. And that's where I, I talk about how everything in the material world is created in the spiritual world. Yes. And I started to shift and move into that space of who we really are, who am I really. And when you shift into that space, right, you go to that higher vibration and you know the importance of being in a place of feeling good, feeling loving, feeling compassionate, and always um, being in that positive vibration. And so the more I began to understand those things, the easier it became to look at every situation that I was in that I would feel challenged or feel annoyed at and start to practice shifting, shifting how I feel. So when, I, um, when you ask about, like, what are some things that people can do immediately to, to get to a, a better place, right? It's, I would say first, the foundation is to become aware, aware of how you're, what you're thinking, how you're feeling. Yes. Because that's foundational to know where you're at. And, and nobody can tell you how you think or how you feel. Only you can know your own patterns. And if you spend the time to just become aware, and you can do that through meditation, um, traditional meditation, or just what I would do is on my drive to work, I would just try to quiet my mind and focus on driving, and then thoughts would go into my head and I would be aware of them because I was trying to not think, right? And so I would see the thoughts come in or feel the thoughts, and I would notice, wow, these thoughts are random and they're making me stressed. You know, they don't make right. me feel good. I liked feeling calm and, and just serene when I wasn't thinking these thoughts. So I practice, you know, this, and I often do still, so I can get really good at understanding how I think and how I feel. What, because well, once you can... Yeah, what you were really doing also, and what our listeners need to do also, is to get beyond the fear and denial and the false beliefs that they've absorbed from their childhood training, societal training patterns, where perhaps they had a loss of trust in themselves. So you're getting back this trust in yourself. You're getting back this trust in the universe. You're getting back this trust in feeling good and uh, and listening to your body and the messages that you're taking. And that is a very important step. First, becoming aware of how things affect you and what feels good 
is probably better for you. And what doesn't feel good may be a waste of your energy and time. So you have a thought in the book, as above, so below, as within, so without, as the universe, so the soul. And this was by Hermitris Magistris, Magistris, mm-hmm. yes. So, um yeah, so that's what we're talking about, being part. We're always part of spirit because our energy is not just here in this moment. It is in the past, the future, and some of our energy probably is still above watching what we're doing here and sharing with other souls uh, our advancement, our learning, our experience. So um, tell us about the the mirror effect. That's an important uh Affect for yeah. people to become aware of also that'll in, enhance their thinking and 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 creating what they want in life. So tell us something about that. Yeah. So the mirror effect is essentially your inner world, right? Your inner thoughts, feelings, and beliefs create your external reality. So your external reality isn't separate from you. And this is a different way of thinking, right? It's not separate from you. It's actually right. directly connected to you, and you have the ability to influence what projects outside of you. So the mirror effect I write about is to think of your external reality as your mirror, right? So you can't change what's happening in your external reality by actually changing the mirror, right? So picture yourself looking in a mirror. You actually have to change yourself to impact what you see in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, I honestly had this experience uh, myself where I started to become aware that this was actually happening, that my external reality was my mirror. And when I had this experience, and I'll, I'll give you this quick story in a bit, that's when I got it, right? This is that's when I'm like, oh, my God, this is what it means when people say, you, you know, your inner world creates your outer world. I'm experiencing it right now, right? So for me, it was when I was, um, contemplating leaving my finance career, but I wasn't 100% sure, right? And I had a recruiter call me up for a job interview, which was essentially the same job at a different company. And I went to go interview. And in this whole process, interview process, which lasted four months, which is a very, very long time, um, and I couldn't believe that it kept going on and on and on, I was experiencing things um, that I was thinking about what I wanted in my future, right? I was experiencing things like this company had adopted a mindfulness practice, which is very unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, This company really cared about purpose and personal purpose, and I have to go and talk about my purpose. Now, mindfulness and purpose were all things that were in my mind, right? It was everything swirling in my mind um, for a year, for a couple years, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I would go to the interview and feel a little discouraged because it was the same job that I had been doing for, for years, for years. And so I was getting confused because I'm like, this position is showing me elements of things that I'm really interested in. Um, and it's also projecting back to me everything I don't really like. And it, like I said, went on for four months and it was driving me crazy until finally I realized, oh, my gosh, you know, this reality that I'm experiencing is reflecting how I feel. I feel confused about what I should be doing with my life. Uh, should I stay where I am or should I move on? And this reality that I'm experiencing is giving me that confusion. 
So at that moment, I knew I needed to make a decision in order to stop this. I needed to decide for myself, what is it that I really wanted? And I decided this change wasn't big enough for me that I didn't want the job. And I thought that, you know, on a Saturday and then come that next Monday, I got a call from the HR um, guy telling me I didn't get the job. And so I well, you you know I, you know why also <laughs> you didn't get the job because you were sending up that that energy to the universe. The universe will give you what you're most afraid of or what you most desire. So when there's a conflict like that, you're going to get, you know, it's going to negate itself. It's good. so you you couldn't have the job because you. You really weren't sure about it, and so so it wasn't going to come to pass. But when your core being knows the circumstance of an event or change is really an opportunity or a catalyst for positive change you desire, you're probably going to be using inner guidance, right, and a little more effectively. Yeah. So there's more power in knowing that you create your reality, and there's less suffering because nothing outside of yourself is really to blame, right? It was nobody's fault. Yeah, that you yeah. It wasn't right for you. So I always tell people, if something doesn't happen, it's just not the right moment in time or the right experience for you, and be grateful for it because it, it will save you time and suffering. And that's really what we want to do. Learn to accept, allow, and surrender to parts of our life because we are being guided by those above and also expressing from, I think, a life plan that we were born with and that we remember at different points in our life uh, to create the life we came here to do and to learn what our soul came here to learn. And uh, we're not doing this randomly. All the people that are coming into our life are coming in for reasons to alert us to remember something. And and that's what you were doing yeah. at the time of dealing with that that choice, trying to remember what it was that you really were born to do and wanted to do and needed to do. And it's not in the form of a job ne necessarily, right? It's in the right. form of knowing yeah. who you are and just being who you are. So what would you like readers to take away with them after reading Your Hidden Light? Yeah, I, you know, after reading Your Hidden Light, um, I want readers to really take away, um, you know, any piece of information that really can resonate with them that would empower them to know that they can follow their heart, right? And, yes. and this book really yeah. is about, you know, giving very pres prescriptive um, steps along with, you know, wisdom that's been around forever. Mm -hmm. And it's all for your benefit. It's all to empower you to know that you can trust your heart. You can, you can take that risk, do something, say something, or do what you want to in this world. Um, because you will be supported, like you said, you will be supported because what that feeling that lies in your heart is your higher self telling you what you're supposed to be doing in this lifetime and trusting that. Yes, absolutely. So I want to thank you. Rana Zia, author of Your Hidden Light, for your honest and truthful approach to discussing conscious creation, which moves us past unconscious thinking and ego-based fear constraints, so we may know ourselves as spiritual beings 
who have an infinite abundant source of intelligence and wisdom within and when we access this and appreciate this wisdom it helps us to create wonderful lives of our own making for more information and to purchase this book go to yourhiddenlight.com in summarizing today's episode of healing from within we have discussed how to reclaim and remember much of who we are and have always been as part of a unified universe of infinite energy and potential and as spiritual beings also having a physical or ego-based human life designed perhaps to move us beyond only sensory experiences to discover the intuitive wisdom within that helps us to make choices. Our thoughts and actions determine how it all goes and being observant of all our needs, our soul efforts will lead us forward past fear, denial, blame and any other negative motion that thwarts our progress and our spiritual and physical growth. The choice is really always ours. Rana wrote, Human beings are dual in nature. We have good parts of us and bad parts of us. We are both positive and negative. Every atom that makes up our body has both a positive and negative charge. We cannot deny our duality as it is part of our nature and part of the world we live in. Without having both positive and negative sides to us, we would not be able to recognize and experience positive and negative outside of us. Without our dual nature, we could never really know who we truly are. We are both physical and spiritual, seen and unseen, mortal and immortal, limited and unlimited. You cannot experience your true divine self without the presence of your mortal self. In a dualistic world, it is the choice, the power of choice, that created who you are and the reality you live. Rana and I would like you to know, may the choice be with you. Or as it is said in the Star Wars movies, may the force be with you. It is all the same thought, a thought of energy and a thought beyond fear, doubt and limitation. And that's where your ability to create all that is really lies. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of The Living Spirit Answers for Healing and Infinite Love. And I invite you to my website, CherylGlick.com, to hear leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, medical, and spiritual fields, along with educators, artists, and musicians, indeed people from all walks of life, who seek answers to age-old questions and work towards a more human and divine approach to living well. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7.com. Thank you.